0: Welcome to Two Dope Boys in a Podcast. I'm Phil McKenzie. I'm Michael Brooks. Two Dope Boys is a shout out from the margins. Each week, we will break down trends using the lens of culture to shed light on what's significant to your future and why. What's up, brother? How
1: you doing, man? Life is good. Life is good. Life is real good. Finally, overdue. Beyond finally, overdue. We've got crew with us this week. Yes, we've got crew. We have the mouthful. Aspiring vegan, but not.
2: <laughs> the, nope, nope.
1: The very, <laughs> very, even when she's sipping on water, she's mm-hmm. tipsy. Not Georgette evil. Priere, or Hi. Pierre, the Empress of Dating.
2: Can I tell you, every time you all do the intro, i will be ready to hear, What's up, Paisan? <laughs> What's up, Paisan? <laughs> <laughs> I thought someone was going to say it. I was ready to hear it. I was ready to hear it. <laughs> well, we slipped it in, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> kinda, it kind of got there. I'm happy to be here. Y'all are my happy place. Like I was telling you mm-hmm. off, off air. Y'all are definitely my happy place. Especially. Happy places
0: versus sunken places. I love that. Yes. It. There it is. Get out. Brandon. How long has this
1: thing been going on? Bradley <laughs> 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 is <Riffers>, my boy. <laughs> He's like my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to get to the brand F of the yeah, week. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I feel like we got a lot of
0: good... I'm excited about this show. I've been thinking about this show for like days. Yeah, man. You know, because it's just the absurd, the sublime, the beautiful is all in this episode. Ja Rule. <laughs> 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> so the brand F up. Shea Moisture, which is a a brand and a, and a company that is most known for providing um hair care products for women of color, um recently released a, a new set of advertisements to which was met with less than stellar reviews as by it's the ladies. By the ladies, the ladies. As it featured um more a more white perspective we'll say than a woman of color perspective, which is a huge departure um from the brand. Um they're known for like I said, providing hair care products for for women of color. And so it was sort of striking, to say the least, that um, some of the m- recent advertisements that they put out more so featured not women of color, white women. And given the fact that I am male and I am bald, <laughs> I think Georgette would be more inclined, she should, should actually get first word on this.
1: Although I I, we should say, unfortunately, there isn't a white woman in the studio to really give us the actual rundown on this. But well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just fucking with you. All Y'all, <laughs> right,
2: Georgia, Y'all are so Leave. funny. So what what's yes, what's, what's interesting is true. um um so I am a woman that has used Shea Moisture. I even remember when Shea Moisture was only in a certain section on the shelf in Target and and you couldn't, you know, find it and so you were excited because this this product was inexpensive and it just it was amazing and, and they've obviously expanded into different um products of just different things, coconut oil and castor oil. And so when I first got wind of the backlash, um, I didn't watch the ad immediately. And so part of me was trying to figure out, okay, so where do I really fall on this spectrum? I don't like following the wave. Am I really outraged when other people are outraged? And I know sometimes, Groups of people can fall into like, I'm going to be mad because everyone else is mad. And so what I thought was interesting, I was reading, um, I guess, a summarized article on um, this website called Campaign Live. But they basically were paraphrasing from this actress, Yvette Nicole Brown, who's on Community. And she essentially was saying that this is a brand model where a lot of these brands build, they build their brands on the the, the backs of black black people and then when they go mainstream they they basically turn white and i thought that was very interesting and I didn't. And just to preface, I didn't listen to her full article, but this is some excerpts that they were they were quoting in the article that they wrote. I didn't listen to the podcast that Yvette was on, but but I thought it was interesting. And I, and 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 I was having this conversation about this with someone, and I was just like, you know, listen, I get it. As a, as a brand that is rooted in and marketing people of color, especially women of color, when we were told, and you know, at least when I was younger, I was told my hair was nappy and it should be straight and it should look like this. When you have a product that's targeting you and 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 serving you. I, you know, I understand that you want your business at the end of the day and you need to expand and you need to grow. So I understood that part from Shea Moisture's side. After reading a little bit more into it, um, I started thinking about it. and, And again, some of the comments were just more so along the lines of, you know, white women have all the products in the world, half a beauty aisle, two, three, four beauty aisles are probably catered to white women and then you have um, barely any products that cater to black women and so then it kind of hit me like, oh yes this makes, I understand and so when you watch the ad, it's a minute ad and there's four women, three are white women and then one is a fair skinned woman and so um, it really didn't speak to people such as myself, I'm brown skinned and even dark skinned women and, and just all shades of different women of color that that this is the audience that was actually supporting you from the very beginning and i don't actually remember when they when they were under sundial because i thought Shea Moisture was un, was a company that kind of was by themselves for the longest time and so you know for however long they were under sundial obviously business priorities change and you have to go and and find out where you can aggressively make you know um money for for certain things and so i i get that but i but i think um to to Shea moisture's point um Yes, they effed up. Um, they got dragged. I don't necessarily think this is going to hurt them, but I, I'm, part of me wonders. I think they were the example for any other brand that, that caters to women of color or just women, people of color to not do that shit again. Um, because I don't think they want to be in the limelight to to to, to act like they're abandoning the, the one demographic that actually got them to, to be on the mainstream I mean, I audience think I, um, or even just a target, I mean, demographic.
1: Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, everything that every, that's been laid out is, I mean, it's demonstrably true because that's been the reaction to the ad, right? The only thing I would say that complicates it a little bit is that we actually did a segment, one of our earliest on points we ever did, with our friend Dan Gould, we basically praised Shay for doing what you mentioned earlier, which is not being in a specific section of the store anymore. Right. We built a whole ad campaign saying that this, you know, to have a certain types of hair should not be considered, you know, quote unquote ethnic. It should not be considered specialized. I did joke with, you know my mother about it because my mom always you know my mother has very very curly hair and she would joke she said yeah like I always had to go to the quote unquote ethnic section because that's where the products that worked for me were right so I do think that they're getting it's objectively a misplay but they're getting the backlash though of following the logic in some ways of their original play which they got a lot of praise for right so that is worth bearing in mind when we elevated them for saying like it's actually a really offensive and weird way of framing that if you don't have you know quote unquote you know whatever like if you whatever nappy hair whatever terms people throw kinky hair whatever that you have to go to a specific section of the store and you're not just in kind of general beauty like that's actually really fucked up that's a problem they pushed back they got out of that um, section and they said we should just be in the general area which is true um, we praised them for it uh, but obviously this ad was a miscalculation but I see how the ad in some ways is a natural outgrowth of that original play what? so that's that's the paradox
2: mm-hmm. I,
0: I think I would differ a little bit on that because I think my point was going to be in the team right? and when we, oh, yes. when we talk about a lot of on the show is having like cultural intelligence. That's right, and it understanding. Not have cultural. Yeah, understanding the market. If you look at the right. makeup of their team, and I've only seen flashes of this on social media, so who knows if this is one hundred percent accurate? But you know, I've seen like LinkedIn profiles for Shea Moisture, like their marketing team and all that kind of stuff, and they're primarily white. And th- they are women, but they are primarily white um they worked on this campaign with an agency that is predominantly white general market right and i think that that's correct your reasoning is correct given those variables that these people don't really have the cultural intelligence to truly bridge the gap between understanding that yes ethnic is not a category beauty is the category but now, with their representation of of where they are as a beauty brand, they're going back to the traditional standards of beauty, which is to bring in now right, white people. Right, right. And I think right. that's the problem. And not you have to understand. And again, I'm I'm speaking as a male, right? So my experiences are Wait, tangential. Me, yeah, Hold on, surprisingly shit. enough, Fuck. right? Damn. But you know. Hair care in the Black community is political, yeah, and issues around abandonment and being taken advantage of are prevalent in communities of color, particularly around Black women, um, being their their styles being appropriated. Um, you see that in the Kardashians. You see that in hairstyles all over the place when you know you can go back to bo derrick having braids you know (laughs) in the 70s all of these issues like those that idea of appropriation and abandonment and being erased are so much a part of the experience of people of color particularly black women i feel like you gotta know that as part of your your brand identity and if you don't know that that's where you're going to lose and create ads like this one.
1: And that's where the lack of cultural intelligence, as you said, shows through. And I think that that's the distinction in, you know, I was saying that this is a natural extension of that original play if you're not thinking subtly, right? Like the, 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 the smarter version is to say it's a breakthrough to get into general beauty that still doesn't negate the specifics of the experience or the care, right? But I think that because they were headed in that direction of like a, they you know they ended up all lives mattering it versus yeah, continuing to make that distinction, which was a misplay.
2: I think w- the struggle with a brand like um, Shea Moisture is, and even brands that the, the the target demo or the the initial target audience is is, is people of color or women of color. Where do you find the the balance of the threshold of breaking through? Like, okay, you're excited and you're 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 thankful and grateful for this for this audience taking you to where you are, new heights. But when you grow, how do you? It's almost similar to. I mean, this is probably the worst example, but how Oprah her appeal is is very very different, right? You know, I'm sure Oprah people thought Oprah was probably going to appeal to one demographic, but she appears to white women and. Right. But but people don't but we as black women don't feel excluded from you know Oprah's audience or her purview if that makes any sense. No,
1: because I think she is someone who somehow is able to she f- really own her particulars right. and who she is while having a global reach through those particulars. But, and, and that's that's, where and that's what everybody's trying to do. Correct. If they're smart but very few people could achieve it.
2: Right, and so I think that's kind of sh- where, Shay Moore just needs to find out what that is yes. for them without excluding others. And
1: until they find that, they're gonna keep fucking up, so hire us. We <sighs> gotta get with you in terms of what's up in just a moment.
0: Now we wanna get to what's up, and we're looking at the I guess we can call it the Anti Pepsi ad. The Anti Pepsi ad, I think. The anti Pepsi exactly ad brought by Heineken. And the name of their campaign, if you haven't seen this commercial, it's it's all over the internet. It's about two to two and a half minutes long. So it kinda it goes through a story. And the ad is called Worlds Apart slash Open Your World, which is the tagline for Heineken. And what it does, just to briefly explain the ad, is that it brings together Um, three different groups of people that are um, diametrically opposed to one another on on the political spectrum so you have the climate activist the person who is against climate change you have the person who's a devout feminist against the person who doesn't understand feminism and then the person who is trans against someone who is anti-trans, transphobic, what have you. And when the people meet, they have no idea of their positions and through a couple of exercises and then eventually the choice to share a Heineken, they decide whether or not they want to continue spending time at each other's company. The idea behind it was to basically bring together people of different ideologies, put them in a room and see what happens. And even though the ad, the timing on it was released about a couple of weeks or so after the yeah. infamous Pepsi ad with Kendall Jenner. This has actually been in the planning stages for about six to seven months. So right. there is a the normal lead time that you would see in most advertising. And the ad has been largely hailed as a huge success. Lar- I think primarily because it's juxtaposed so starkly against the Pepsi ad, which was rightfully and also on this show railed against as being incredibly tone deaf, incredibly superficial. Whereas the praise for the Heineken ad has been more widespread. Right. So I think that's a the, a good place to leave it to kind of get some thoughts as to, you know, what does, what does this ad represent? Is this potentially a new direction for advertising? just generally
1: yeah I mean I think I have a couple of thoughts I mean one I've seen people try to kind of problematize this ad by saying that you know any platform that gives equal weight to somebody who's you know a you know a skinhead or a neo-nazi or you know or even just on like accepting the science of climate change versus someone who doesn't is a problem right I've seen people take that approach to it I disagree and I disagree because I think that we really need to make distinction between the politics and the culture of things. On a political level, obviously the press and how we cover and how we talk about things, we need to completely get away from false equivalencies. And that means that you know, two positions are not of the same merit or value, right? Like it is better to support rights than not support rights. And that's a political battle that plays out in the political terrain and it's important to accept the science of climate change culturally we do need to start figuring out how to like create some of these bridges on a cultural level that's a distinction i think from saying that values and opinions are equal that's a different thing but we need to have some civic space for dialogue and i think what heiningen is doing here is and also the the other distinction i mean it you know the pepsi ad was so ridiculous and so stupid that it's it's hard to even compare but what they're doing here is they're they're presenting as a brand what they could actually be a part of a beer can be a part of a conversation between two people that have different viewpoints, that come from different backgrounds, and have different life experiences. That can be a conduit. It could also be the conduit of a fight. For being honest, <laughs> it can.
2: You can right? break that fucking bottle. Yeah, yeah. Bottle you could break that fucking bottle over some somebody's face. Some you can have a riot, right?
1: <laughs> but it could also be like, okay, we're at the bar, we're at a meeting, we're at whatever. We're gonna have some, you know, we're gonna drink something cold, and we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna figure our issues out that is an innately credible message whereas like you know Pepsi parachuting into something it has nothing to do with except you know maybe actually helping you uh, if you put a little Pepsi on a bandana it might help you uh, you know uh, not get Hurt with tear gas. Actually, <laughs> that is like the most relevant thing that a Pepsi or a Coke could be in a serious demonstration. And if you actually approached a cop with a Pepsi, they would immediately, you know, spray you with pepper spray at least. Especially if Especially because people are throwing Pepsis yeah. now. Well, in, now they're throwing Raleigh. Pepsis, but I'm saying that even yeah. So maybe the ad does end up working out, right? <laughs> right. So Pepsi yeah, has been yeah. weaponized. Yeah, Pepsi's been weaponized. <laughs> they didn't even know what they were doing. But but the, but that said, I think. I think that the difference between a political and a civic space is important and as a brand specifically what they're doing is they're dropping themselves in a way which is totally credible, which is like, you know what, you wanna sit down in a bar and you wanna figure some stuff out. Well Heineken could be a part of that because that's what she might be drinking. I just, so I, that's that's innately credible messaging. I don't
2: I don't know if I fully agree with that. I think I think when 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 we were talking about this on on the podcast that I do, uh, to do me you I was non fully agree with that. You said, do I non fully? I'm just fucking with oh. you. Um, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not fully disagreeing. Yeah, yeah, no, I got you guys. Got but I got you um, but I think for me it was okay. From a simplistic standpoint, it was just like okay we're 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 supposed to believe that these people don't know that they disagree and you know i'm i'm going to sit here and watch a four and a half minute video when our attention spans are a lot shorter than that one two um you know i i just i, I think uh some of the some of the disagreements, okay, climate change, feminism, transgender rights, yeah, I get that. And so I'm just wondering if these were were uh, stark enough differences for these to be real conversations in an ad, and 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 to your point and i didn't think about it as far as lead time Phil though was i don't think and i don't know if hannikin was doing this but i i don't think anyone should try to try to try to upstage or be the the better version of what pepsi was trying to do and i think anytime a brand or if a brand is still trying to go after that pepsi understands their shit was fucked up and there's no coming back from that especially with them choosing the the celebrity as the the the, the focus i think for this it's just it's for me to sit up here and say i'm going to believe these actors actresses i think they're I think it's definitely easy to believe and we want to believe, but they're also trying to sell a, a product. And so they're going to do what they need to do for for them to sell the product. I mean, yes, I get why marketing experts and people might be like, this is well done. Oh my gosh, this is great. But throw some some, some other issues in there um, and see if this will get the same results. And so I think a lot of it was just like I wouldn't necessarily come together, start putting IKEA like furniture with someone, and like, hey, yeah, let's let's have a beer together. I just don't think that's realistic, and that's not going to happen. I can't see that necessarily happening in real life. And yeah, so, I
1: mean, sure, it's advertising. Yeah, so yes, that's what I'm but, saying. But I do, but I think that it points to. I mean, that's what you're doing, in my view, with a lot of ads is you're pointing towards like sensibilities and certain senses of. Possibility, but
2: right? But would you, But is that something that you would actually do? One of those scenarios, you would actually go somewhere. The first was for a strange with a stranger. Well, I think
0: that was part of the design of the that ad. was Like people the ad, didn't yeah. know yeah. that they were there for Heineken. Like they, they. It was like when you read a little bit more about it, they talk about how they source the people and Got not actors. Like they're they interviewed and try to find opinionated people and blah blah blah. Right. You know? uh, and. I think it's relevant to divorce the fact that yes it is advertising. Like right. Heineken's goal is primarily to move product. Just just like any consumer brand company, that's what they're there to do. Um the manner in which they do that, if I'm if I'm putting on two hats and just looking at it as a branding marketing person, I thought they did a really good job because it spoke very directly to the experience that one has with beer you know they had to walk in and they built stools you know they they then built right. a bar you know and then the the whole idea of like we're gonna have this conversation around a beer which is somewhat universal and i think about um when henry Louis gates had the issue in at harvard or in Boston mm-hmm. where like the police arrested him for getting into his own house and it was a very racially charged um, right. issue. It was very early in the Obama presidency. And when he, Obama, rightfully or wrongfully invited both Henry Louis Gates and the offending officer to the let's White House. have a house. beer with the devil. Yeah, let's have a beer. Well, so from all of that perspective, I think okay. Heineken did a <laughs> nailed a it because it fit very much in how we think about Bear.
2: I, I get, I get you it. Know, Listen, beer is, is is almost like an accessory in conversation. You're not really thinking about it. You're just like, hey, let's just sit down, let's chat. And it's and taking
1: the possibility. I get it. I, it I
2: get be. it. I just, for me, I was just like, I don't necessarily know if I would find myself in. Realistically speaking, if I would find myself in a situation like this, and that was kind of more so what in, my thought process was. Yeah, I
1: mean, I think in many ads we wouldn't find ourselves realistically in it, but I do think I mean, traveling. Pepsi, the chasm, if they did
2: it properly, yes. What? As far as the protesting part. <laughs> listen, I'm talking about the protesting part. Oh, finding yourself at a protest. Yeah, you finding find yourself at a protest. That's what that I'm saying. that have to do with Pepsi. No, nothing. I'm just saying like in the in the scenarios, though, is what I'm saying. And also
1: a protest like that, which is like perfectly choreographed no, people okay. are randomly like, playing instruments and shit. Like, no, you would to not. To be honest, it was such I it's a sunny day. Yeah, I keep thinking about
2: day. the SNL spoof. I hope y'all and saw and the that. And yes,
1: of That
0: was oh, great. Oh,
2: that okay, anyway. And the
1: chill police officers on the planet. I mean, my other push yourself in My
0: other push on Heineken that i think now moves away from advertising and more into the social right is we can't fall victim to and i understand your point michael about the the equivalencies right i'm less about that and more about understanding that as much as conversation is important and people sitting down and having dialogue we do have to understand things that are systemic and that are bigger than any one or two or three people having like a meeting of the minds like they they are deeper than that and I know Heineken is not trying to solve that but I but when I read like comments about the ad and they were people went a little bit too that's
2: exactly the
0: other people direction.
2: All as far as what, where were some of the comments that you all read though? Because I. Super
1: romantic about the ad. Yeah. Oh, they were man- Super oh, laudatory. Oh, i like. Okay, you know, no, it wasn't no, it's, all
2: it's, that. It's no, a, no it's calm down. <laughs> it's
1: a of, but, but I think, but that, that to me is, that's, that's the same, you know, that's this hunt we have in culture that like everything needs to, you know, including things that almost by definition are not deep, need to have some kind of deep purpose. And I actually think, convert you know in contrast to the kind of hyperbolic commentary Mm -hmm. again i'll just maintain i think what Heineken did was they just said look beer can be part of a conversation including potentially serious and bridge dividing ones and we just want to be part of that and highlight that that's actually very modest Mm -hmm. you know i think because that was another thing that that hit people with the pepsi like that was another thing that made it so utterly ludicrous was like This is the last thing that is on your mind if you're in any type of actual situation is like having a Pepsi. Now, on the flip side, I went to JFK to protest the Muslim ban. And there were people who actually came in and got pizza boxes because like at a certain point you're you're starving. So that's people who have like organizing roles actually have to think about that. And they order some pizzas. Now, I don't know if that's the right play for a pizza place, but that was actually like that's actually real. Like mm-hmm. it's twenty degrees outside, you're freezing, you've been here for three or four hours.
2: And you're the probably cops an hour, two hours kinda, from home at cool.
1: Yeah, You're a while from home. The cops are clearly had instructions to be real gentle about it, but that could change at any moment. And all of a sudden you're like, Fuck, I'm hungry. And then there's the New York pizza, which you know fits with the JFK experience. So I was like, you know that that actually made me. I, I thought of that when I saw the Pepsi. I was like, you know maybe there is a way to do you know crass consumerism to commodify that experience, but it ain't Pepsi. All Heineken did was just say beer is part of a conversation. Conversations can be deep. Let's have a beer infused bridging, yeah. and that and, works. And
0: Pepsi also made themselves, I think, a change agent. Yeah, which is ludicrous in the. Ad where yeah. Heineken isn't
2: more of the, the side, even the, case, yeah, the side check an, yeah. Even the
1: people that had the progress, like the dude or who realized, like dude. Okay, I'm not gonna hate transgender people anymore. It, it was like, We're gonna keep talking, we're gonna keep having beers. He didn't walk out and raise a Heineken up and well, say, it, <laughs> I am gonna start a movement to stop violence against transgender people, which maybe that will eventually lead to, but it's a much more modest, much more self conscious and self aware ad, and potentially in today's environment. I think being self aware is probably one of the most important ways you can do it to avoid a brand fuck up. Super producer Matt Leck is looking very conscious I was of. Say last. Yes. He oh, wants us to wrap oh, up. Oh,
2: because I had one more comment to make. Oh, I was, I was about to
1: wrap it up. We're gonna, while give, you keep oh, going. We're gonna
0: give you last comment.
2: Okay, last so comment. just comment, you want a
1: Heineken? You wanna keep talking? <laughs> you
2: know what? I don't like Heineken. I don't like beer. Um but just I according like to the Washington Post, there were three I like coconut water. <laughs> I like mm, if it's from Trinidad <laughs> and Tobago, like like yes. Trinidad water. The three the, um, the three points um, in Washington Post that they said the that they felt like Heineken did well on, according to marketing experts, was um, the message was simple yet deep. Um, and it it was just enough risk to make the ad edgy, grabbing the audience's attention without gratuitous references to diversity. And it was authentic, featuring real people, real divisions, and real empathy. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. That's what's up. we got to get to what's next. All right, so now we got to get to what's next. And what I appreciate about this what's next is I, it has led me to a whole other level of appreciation for Ja Rule. I've never been a big Ja Rule fan, um, but he pulled something off recently that I'm sure a lot of you have heard about. Uh, and uh, you know that we need to talk about on this show, <laughs> which was <laughs> the Fire Festival. This was an event in the Bahamas. Uh which was billed as a incredible music festival with top-of-the-line talent, including Blink One Eighty Two. All right, that might have been a giveaway right up front. Pusha T, uh, Pusha T,
2: uh, who else? We got a lot it of was Migos disclosure. Yeah yeah, Migos. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, disclosure doing a DJ set. Though. Yeah, disclosure. Oh, okay. was the, way... the snob in Migos has to make that clear. Yeah, because they when so they a were DJ on a small
2: set? Set? No,
1: retirement. You know, you know what? Don't even worry about that kind of distinction by the time we're done with this. <laughs> so that so and this and this was and this was pushed. There was an ad with. Instagram models hanging out. The beach is looking beautiful. Supposedly this festival is going to take place on a private island that was owned by Pablo Escobar. You dumb fucks that bought these tickets. It was promoted on Instagram by uh, Bella Hadid, by uh, Kendall Jenner, who apparently has not learned to keep her head down after her Pepsi experience, uh, and everybody else. And people were paying several thousand dollars for these, things, mm-hmm. for this top of the line coachella experience um i mean we're talking up to between i think it was like five grand to 12 grand tickets yeah. uh and there was all this copy of you know you're gonna listen to music but you're gonna learn how to meditate you're gonna do yoga on the beach oh, that's you're gonna new. get i didn't hear that you're part. gonna get the most organic <laughs> personally tailored food imaginable and this was all brought to you by ja rule and a handful of tech bro scumbags now I just want to say if you and I, I'll just make three categories here and everybody knows uh, I, I'm I'm a lover of narcos and fascinated by gangster things but if you wanted to like party on an island that theoretically Pablo Escobar like had sex slave parties at and chainsaw people to death on and that was like a selling point for you, you deserve to have your money taken from you if you go on Instagram and you said, hey, I'm going to drop five grand on something because Kendall Jenner told me uh, to do it. You deserve to have your money taken from you. And number three, if you're even in the market for something called the Fire Festival organized by Ja Rule. Spelled phonetically. Spelled phonetically. You deserve to have your money taken from you. So I actually would say that... Ja Rule created the best redistribution plan since the New Deal. I have nothing but respect and props, and there's going to be a cloud of class action lawsuits coming at them. I hope they all fail. The actual experience was people showed up in the Bahamas. This was not a private island. It was basically like a U.N. tent city, except much more poorly organized than a U.N. tent city. Uh, the food looked like something out of a summer camp Bread that would have gotten sued for giving kids like day <laughs> <old> food. <laughs> None of the artists showed up. Uh, there wasn't any performances. There was a storm the day people showed uh, the day before. Uh, it was advertised as a cashless event. So people were supposed to have little wristbands with an electronic strip that would pay for all of their shit. But what that actually meant was that they were there stranded with no cash. So it was hard to get cabs. Ja Rule said that it was not his fault. He had nothing to do with the planning. But boy, does he feel bad. And this is hilarious. It's very entertaining. But it shows us this is another hit on influencer culture. Which was not something that people should have taken that seriously to begin with. And this is another hit on, you know, the peak festival game, because we've talked about festivals and where they're going and the potential to kind of like build out of a Coachella type experience. Coachella's having its own problems. Uh, and instead of, you know, further innovations and better experiences, now we're getting the scams. And, uh, this was pretty hilarious.
2: I think. Well, so let's don't forget to throw in his his. Well, I've been hearing Billy McFarland and, uh, and and Ja Rule together. They were business partners in this, and so I think what was very interesting when I saw Ja Rule's name attached, I was like, for one, this was not something that would be incentive for me to want to go. Let's let's start there. Really. Um. But I think the other thing is. So this the organizer, Billy McFarlane, I guess a tech entrepreneur is only 25. So I think my my bigger issue is I work in TV production. Ja Rule being an artist and ha- being a successful artist at one point in his career, you travel for concert tours. How in the fuck in the entire fuck would you not um, know what goes into planning this? I don't. If you're a co-organizer. I'm not, you're not getting excused from not being on the planning committee because if your name is attached to it, you should be all over what's happening. Um, I think the, 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 but the bigger issue is the fact that people were sold on something that was going to be the first annual knew nothing about anything else beyond the description of what this was supposed to bring them. Chartered yachts and, you know, um, this beautiful district in, in the Bahamas and, and all this other stuff. Um, there's an article on, um... There's an article on the New York Mag um, by a woman named Chloe Gordon that actually worked it. And she was just like, this was going to be a disaster from the beginning. She was hired as a talent producer. So as I was reading all these things, the, the basic things of planning anything, um, I think were just missed. And, and I think my bigger issue with this is, so not only did you all endanger people, I think just even simple production um sense would tell you you also have to pick places that can ha- that hold that many people that you're trying to cater to for a show that island looked really really small but the- that ad i mean we'll play so, the ad and it will be linked on the website yeah if you i just- bought that ticket you're a Fucking idiot! I, I you deserve absolutely. to be scammed.
1: I, <laughs> you deserve it.
2: Listen, I you I agree. I think full
1: Republican on this. If you accept <laughs> not, because everything rich people do should be fine. They the only people that no, can it, it just didn't make if it. You bought this ticket.
2: People were "Fuck you!" There were there were a ca- here. there was a case Cabral that we wins. found out about that someone actually like, you know, um emptied their bank account for one of these tickets. <laughs> Um, oh I can never make a concert That yeah. serious it, <laughs> it, it, When a festival when, Ryan, a festival when a festival Would suckers. never be that serious I just think more so I think um,
1: How's it going Matt You're <laughs> you recovering Some of your life
2: <laughs> I just think I think again I'm thinking from the Production standpoint I think you know You You there's there's insurance. Insurance being your brand name. You would never. I don't care if you all are refunding everybody and you made sure everyone got home. You would never be able to put your name out there again as as it relates to anything business related.
0: I mean, speaking of the <laughs> refunds, they've they've decided yeah, really like to um instead now. of giving people refunds, they're just giving them passes for, for, next, year. for <laughs> next year. You know, right. come I
2: mean, on.
0: This is, I mean, this is like peak.
2: This is the best. Peak and
0: festival and peak capitalism gone wrong, and incredible. it really—I think the—I think the main person or the main people that are at fault here. It's not only obviously the attendees are super gullible, but this also speaks to a larger, a larger draw of any large festival or any large event, which is really the people themselves. Like no one's really thinking about the talent what they sold people on was not so much the concert what they sold people on was this idea of exclusivity yeah that you're going to be in an environment that only a few can go to because you have a certain amount of money to spend on the experience and that's the key element here it's that you're going to be on this island you're going to be able to take your instant you're paying for the instagrams and you're paying for the ability to tell other people that you went to something. And I think from that perspective, of course, this guy, Billy McFarlane and Ja Rule, they're scam artists. Like they're trying to put together like the shittiest thing possible and extract the most value. And of course, they found the lowest hanging fruit to do that. But just the idea that there's so many people out there who are so desperate right to plug into something that is perceived as exclusive and you've seen this with burning man you see this with coachella like no one is
1: actual thing like we like i agree with you about the mentality you're buying but those are
0: actual things they are actual things but they're not what they're advertised to be right like no one is really going to coachella for the music you're going at one point they were right now you know now for, you're going now to, you're to going say yes yeah. yeah, south by southwest so, you yeah. know burning man like you know burning man was originally this kind of this community right that was brought together against the capitalism oh yeah, yeah. burning and, man was a very different thing and now years ago. it's become okay i'm gonna how luxury can i make my experience at burning man oh, that's right you know because i'm a a tech billionaire Right. right which right. goes against the ethos of those things so right. i think at one point if you look at their deck you know so putting on the marketing and branding hat they use all the signifiers the language and there's a vanity fair piece that gives you access to the to the deck oh
2: yeah i didn't see any of that stuff it's
0: ridiculous how it's just it sounds like a parody of all of this we're going to create a synergy and we're looking for fire starters
1: <laughs>
0: and we're here to ideate
1: you Yo, know I'm and it's, for it's embarrassing too I throw me 10 grand for some bullshit well, it's embarrassing <laughs> but, so
2: the real question is Who the fuck were these people that even heard about this shit? Like who were they targeting? How did they find out about it? I think I think it was the funniest thing to me. Trust
1: funds with far two. Jaw Rule is is the
2: the person that could pull you out. I don't know about
1: Jaw Rule, but I think that's where the Kendall Jenners come in. That's where the in. Well Kendall, from my understanding,
2: was promoted it early in the year when they said Kanye was supposed to be a headliner. Whatever.
1: It doesn't matter. I'm just saying that's where they got the people. So I think I think and then and then Jaw Rule for some people, I think he and this sounds hilarious even to say but i guess for some people he, they think he's credible they yeah. think he's got some and I, I, listen, know, and I connection believe that. and it like, was yeah he was f- he him. used to be a successful artist. he did but this and the other oh, thing not is not him he's a genius look at this thing he just pulled out <laughs> that's quite a caper but
2: but, but in, in all honesty i wouldn't pay two to twelve thousand dollars to see these artists when you could see them locally in your backyard living in New York. A lot of these artists that they named are well, people that you would travel over. But as over... Phil
1: just said, that's the whole point. The yeah. point wasn't to see the artist. The point was, I'm at Pablo Escobar's former island and here's a picture. Instagram. And I'm still, yeah. The, 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 and they the, the use the language. 10 grand yeah, for I just, Instagram I pictures, which and they, they didn't use even the language
0: yeah. like I'm, I'm reading yeah. from the deck, and they say, and when they talk about the influencers that are part of this, right? Is these ambassadors stand as part of and representative of the fire tribe? <laughs> You know, like it's all this language of we're going to be a tribe and we're yeah, going to be crew. a community. I want to see
2: this, but you got to share it on Twitter. Yeah, right? I'll definitely. Send I it have to you. look because, I mean, you were the person that opened up the, the shit storm called Fire festival for me. I didn't hear anything about it. And when I opened up your link and I kept typing things in, everything just flooded. The you know, I have results, to say, oh, everything. my God.
1: And when this happened, when this popped off, so many people from all of my various social like people whether they follow me because of the majority report and the political tip or dope boys people i got flooded with dude what's the fire festival cover you got is not that the most hilarious shit you've ever seen i also just want to say as much as i respect ja rule for scamming these people
2: i don't he think did, they, scammed them. You crazy? they scammed them you
1: are you are on some real credulous okay. shit george i'll
2: leave it at that's <laughs> fine yeah please i just don't think it's a scam <laughs> I just think people were gullible and walked right into that shit. <laughs> wow,
0: like they okay. have. No, I got that's a scale. I got to do this yeah. other, <laughs> this one other slide where they do sponsorship is a key revenue stream for Fire Festival. Then they have these like <laughs> blinds leading to other things. So it says understand brand goals, ideate, conceptualize, execute. I'm like that. Doesn't say anything. Anything. Those are just No, you know what
1: it does say is we could scam some millennial Uh, dummies out some of their parents. I mean they did. And that's what they did. And of course (laughs) it's a scam. And also Ja Rule, I just want to say, as much as I respect (laughs) the scam artistry, he did say in a toast when he was helping set up the fire, and this and this alone should give him just another couple of days in jail. (laughs) To living like movie stars. Harding oh, yes. like rock stars And fucking like porn stars. Yes. Get the <laughs> fuck out of <laughs> here Until
2: they got hit With that 100 million dollar yeah. Class yeah. action yeah. suit so. Yeah
1: I would say to Getting hit by a typhoon By getting hit by a class action suit Yeah And by never getting Instagram endorsements From models again I don't have respect for anybody involved in this but I gotta say if you lost your money on this I mean woo as I say it br- that brings out my inner Republican that's like <laughs> that's like I, I I'm feeling like you're gonna need to take some responsibility for your choices there Poindexter <laughs>
2: for anybody that yeah. was questionable about Michael Brooks they're just like see his inner Republican I knew it yeah my inner the, the, Republican I is I that, that if, you
1: had, if you had a 12 if grand disposable that was trolling income Michael. <laughs> to go to Bahamas to which blink 182 for a exclusive Yoga vacation on a former island Owned by Pablo Escobar I wish they could steal 10 grand more of your money You're
0: part of the fire tribe Yeah,
1: yeah. I hope you enjoy being part of the fire tribe And those day old burgers Much love to Ja Rule That's what's next We gotta get to the crate So now we got to get to the crates. These are our weekly picks From Culture That make your life better uh, there was a, a really interesting philosopher named J. Krishnamurti, who's an Indian, uh, kind of like public speaker, thinker, uh, someone that might get categorized, I guess, in like the spiritual section of a bookstore, though he was actually quite anti-metaphysical, anti-belief. Um and had an interesting background. He was basically an Indian child who was chosen by a group called the Theosophical Society as a world Messiah when he was a kid. And in his first public, and they brought him to England, and they educated him as kind of like a proper English gentleman, and sort of groomed him for that role. And then one of his first public appearances in that role, He disavowed the very concept of Messiah and everything else and said that he would sort of continue to teach, but as like a speaker or a philosopher. I don't exactly know how to categorize him, but there's a book called Think on These Things, which is his sort of teachings on everything from culture, education, religion, politics, and tradition, and also on his understanding of different emotional sets, ambition, greed, and envy, security and the lust for power. Uh, I definitely don't think he's the be-all, end-all, but it's a very interesting, very provocative perspective. Um, and not not in the Indian religious tradition, because um, he wouldn't identify that way, but obviously very, very linked to ideas from Buddhism and Hinduism, but presented in a modern way sort of free of any of kind of like verbiage or other teachings so a very interesting person he was very big in the 70s and 80s had a lot of very kind of prominent followers in arts and psychology and even some people in politics so think on these things by krista Murdy's interesting book all right georgette what you got
2: yeah man um so it's a book and a song but
1: how to tell a scam <laughs> yeah. that's my book recommendation to you no you know it's it's yeah.
2: I've been I've been mentally struggling sometimes, you know it, and and I have to attribute it to the the title of this web series called Giants, where i I, I tell myself I'm going to win the day. And so um, what I've been doing to to counteract some things and and just reading for awareness is a book by um, Ryan Holiday called Ego is the Enemy and shout out to my coworker because he had it sitting on his desk and when i saw the title I was just like yep i need to read that i'm a leo no saying that not all leos are egotistical but Speak i was yourself just, um, mm, you had a couple of ego <laughs> egotist behaviors but no and so you know as i've been getting through that book and that book has definitely opened my my mind to a lot of different things and um so that's my book recommendation. I also ordered, and I have it in my, my bag, As a Man Thinketh, because I heard that was another recommendation that I needed to read. If I was to read any book ever, that's the only book I need to read. And then my song, the other thing that I do to to help me win the day is um, I'll go to my Island Ting Spotify playlist where there's a lot of Soka music. Nice. Um, And so... Um, I was, this is Bungie Garland, Take Over Town, and I remember my, my uncle, when I was in Trinidad for Carnival this year, um, he was playing it in the living room, and I was just like, oh, this song is so dope. And, and as I listen to it, walking through the streets of New York, it just makes me feel really proud, and I'm walking with confidence, you know, standing strong in my my Trinidadian and Tobagonian roots from my parents. And so, yeah. Uh, what Bungee was the Garland. song again? Bungie Garland, Take Over Town.
1: Beautiful. Bungie Garland, Take Over Town. All right, Phil, what you Stop. got? Stop! <laughs> Stop. Ah! I'm I mean, super look, got go to go away from ego. It's me. true. It's <laughs> um, <made a> point.
0: <laughs> I've been re-watching one of my favorite shows, um, Mad Men. And it's interesting because I think TV comes at us so frequently. Like, it's not like you have, like, one show a year or, like, even one show a season. It's It just seems like it's overwhelming the amount of quality television you're getting whether it's from premium cable some of the basic channels like amc and fx and then when you throw in streaming netflix and places like hulu there's just so much content out there and but even with that said i took a moment or or kind of these past couple of weeks and been have been re-watching Mad Men, which is in my top five for shows of all time and re-watching it has actually reinforced that belief that it's It's an amazing show, and it's easy to kind of forget some of these shows once they're off air for a year or two. They kind of seem to go to antiquity. You know, people don't even really talk about or recognize Sopranos that much as as one of the. I
1: always recognize Sopranos. Yeah, but
0: you know, it doesn't. Yeah, no, I understand. You know, it's replaced by more recent things, but um, highly recommend, like, if you haven't seen Mad Men, then definitely take some time with it. Um, If you have rewatch it and I, and I think you'll walk away with some really thoughtful observations about the show and the characters and, and all that good stuff so Mad Men is my pick there you
1: go that's the crates check out the show notes you can join us uh, later in May at the Sustainable Brands Conference uh, Phil and I are going to be presenting there that's definitely where you nice. want to be uh, you can join us and meet a lot of other very interesting people from that world of sustainability, brands, and purpose. Thank you, super producer, Matt Leck, creative director, Shauna Wan. You got to find us at at 2 on Twitter, at 2 on Instagram, at underscore Michael Brooks, at farflung Phil, at
2: George, Pierre. No. No, mm-hmm. what is mm-hmm. it? on Twitter it's just at georgette, or Can I just say just one like thing? That. I no. have, I no. love, no. uh, uh, uh. I love where you all have grown. Oh, okay, you say see. That. shut the fuck up. <laughs> <I> <laughs> Golly, And anger. I love where two dope boys has 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 grown, and and I'm so excited to be part of the crew to 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 be on this journey with you all. I'm so excited for you all and everything that you're doing like I said y'all are my happy place and you know I'll come to Brooklyn for y'all anytime
1: thank you awesome love when you
2: well heads up up notice though you gotta give me notice you gotta (laughs) give me notice I can't top that yeah (laughs) there's
1: nothing else to say yeah y'all are dope thank you everybody we'll see you Thursday for On Point
2: bye